Steve, welcome back from San Diego Comic-Con. You had a triumphant week over there at Comic-Con International. And uh, welcome back. I missed you while you were gone. I missed you as well. It's been like a week and a half, two weeks since we've talked because you were traveling beforehand. I went to Comic-Con, was traveling. It's uh, two buddies that haven't spoken in two weeks. I know. We've got a lot to catch up on. How, how, how did you do? Give me the give me the headline. I got a lot. Well, I, I actually, I want to download you a lot. Download you. That sounds terrible. Oh, Brad, I want to download you. <laughs> I want to uh, download you so bad. I want to download you so bad. Uh, no, I have a lot that I want to share with you about Comic-Con this week, but I wanted specifically to tell you because I know you will appreciate this, that mm-hmm. we had a lot of people come up to the booth uh, this weekend and say how much they're enjoying the podcast and that was so delightful to hear oh my god it was amazing it was so um people of all ages of all types of cartoonists from all over the world and non-cartoonists by the way from all over the world it's just uh and it i wanted to pass that along to you because it made my weekend it was so nice to hear Wow, that's really cool. That that's the that's the one thing that makes me kind of uh, think about going out there next year. Is uh, is I would love to. We I don't have a, a whole lot of opportunity to meet uh, Comic Lab listeners, and uh, if we did something like a live show next year, I think I'd, I I think I would. I would definitely uh, break my own rule and, and make the flight out there for that. One. I think I think we got to break your rule and get you out next year. It would be yeah. so fun to have you. Uh, a fun to have you in general because how fun are you at Comic Con? And yeah. two, uh, doing a live show at Comic Con would just be the cat's pajamas. I think that would be so fun. Wow, that was a very Brad Geiger phrase. I just said the cat's pajamas. <laughs> the cat's well, except that from the Midwest, you no one says pajamas. They're the cat's pajamas. Pajamas or <laughs> pajamas? You got to so, put that okay, Midwestern I, A on there. Uh, you got to give it a little spin. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have to share this with you though. So among all the different people that came up to talk about Comic Lab and how they like the show, uh, Beth and I were standing at the booth, and a really nice young couple, small family, uh, um, uh, came up to the booth and said, "We love the show. In fact, we both love listening to the show." And I said, "Oh, that's really nice that uh, they uh, they you're both enjoying it. That's great. How fun!" They're like, "Oh yeah." We laugh together with like a lot of shared jokes now because of the podcast. I was like, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and then I don't remember if the it was the man or the woman. I think it was the wife that said, actually, yeah, the podcast has helped our marriage. And I, <laughs> really? And I, I, of course, took the nice compliment, but I thought about that <laughs> phrase a lot for the rest of the day. Like, the podcast has helped our marriage. And oh my god! I, I like I had a lot of different iterating jokes in my mind about what that could mean, but the yeah. funniest one that came to my mind was like, "Yeah, the podcast has helped us sexually." That like it's <laughs> Brad's well, voice has gotten us where came... we need to go. <laughs> that's the only one that came to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So you had the same reaction I did. Oh. I just thought that was delightful. The podcast has helped our marriage, and I was like, "What? How? Do, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. That's delightful." I wonder if I wonder if we I wonder if we're getting them in the mood right now. <laughs> oh God! Like, and- now I'm now I'm subconscious. <laughs> now I can't enjoy recording a podcast with you. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I, I, I this has just hit me because I, I I just realized there's a piece to this puzzle that I was missing. They have young kids, right? Uh, they had uh, one little one, yeah. Okay, so they've got a young kid here. Here, do you? Well, you're and you're closer to this than I am because wait my a kids minute, hold on. I older. think I see where you're going with this, Brad. We started uh, this so- show about 17 months ago. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Well, there's another piece of the puzzle, and the but baby no. was about nine months old. Brad, it's all oh coming my together. God. Oh it's my all- gosh! That we 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 kicked things off, and now we're and and so and now we're going right along the process with them because, as you know, when when you got little kids, it's really hard to get a little a, alone time with your spouse because the kids <laughs> always knocking on the door, mom. What, what's going on? Where where are you guys? You know, it, yeah. it's you gotta you gotta count you gotta really count on nap time. <laughs> you know, you got to get them down for a really good deep nap, uh, or else you're you're sunk. You know, and so <laughs> what I'm thinking they do is they they've given up on the nap time thing, 
and they just tell the kid, hey, we're going to listen to this show that the kid has no interest in listening to. They turn us up really loud. They get a good, what do we do for a show? About 45 minutes to an hour? They sure. get a good hour-long uh, uh, private time. And, and meanwhile, any of the uh, sounds that might be emanating from the room are covered up by me braying like a jackass half the time. <laughs> 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 I like the idea that we're putting a child to sleep and therefore saving a marriage. That's great. <laughs> yes, yes. Because <laughs> the kids out there going like, these guys are ridiculous. I don't want to listen to this and just goes off to sleep. And then, uh, you know, the parents can uh, have some some quality time together. And then nature takes its course. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on, on that note, I'm going to say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about making comics. And making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, editor of webcomics.com and cartoonist of Evil Inc. And recently returned from San Diego Comic-Con, I am his friend Dave Kellett, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Strip. And this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. And Dave, Dave, let's talk comic sponsorships. Oh, that's right, my friend. We have big news this week. So for the next 10 weeks, uh, Comic Lab is going to be sponsored by the great folks over at Wacom. Uh, Wacom Cintiqs obviously are uh, a big part of Brad and my career. And so this is delightful, frankly. This is like the exact sponsorship Venn diagram that I've always dreamed of, frankly. It's It's like getting sponsored by a number two pencil. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's like a part of your drawing that's so critical to you that you're like, hooray, paper is sponsoring me. Great. (laughs) The the physical embodiment of paper is sponsoring me. No, but it's it's delightful because uh, you and your studio, I don't remember how many you have, but I have three Wacoms, one that Beth works on, one that I work on, and then one that if we ever have a swing uh, artist come in to do flatting or something works on. Yep. I've got I've got two. I've got one at the studio and I've got one at home so I can work from home when I'm uh, not at the studio. And uh, and I've got these. Uh, it's a 12 WX in both case. And I'm telling you, this little unit is a workhorse. I mean, it just it's it, I, it, I got it back in 2012 as uh, a, a, as a gift from someone that they were done using it. Scott uh, Kurtz gave it to me as uh, and he was using it before that. He said, you're really going to like this. Give it a try. And I got that, and I've been working on it ever since. And what is it now? 20, 2019. That's seven years, and and it was like a hand-me-down at that. Thing just keeps going. It's an incredibly well-built piece of, of uh, equipment. Yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I have three, is that my tank yeah. of an old, my oldest one in my studio, I think, is 11 years old now, and it's still going strong. So, uh yeah. Uh, the funny thing about this, and Beth and I always joke about this because she listens to a lot of podcasts in the studio. Uh, she always laughs when it's like four guys on a podcast, but their sponsor for the week is like a jogging bra or something where the, the sponsor <laughs> yeah. doesn't at all fit. And it's like, it's like Dr. Scholl's and it's a murder podcast or whatever. Uh, yeah. But like there is, there is frankly no better uh, way that we could have lined this up because we legit love our Wacom. So uh, anyway, so a shout out to them for sponsoring the show for the next week. This is a perfect fit. Yes. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I, I. All I can do is is agree wholeheartedly. This is this is a sponsorship that we can absolutely uh, feel great about because we both have been using their product for years. Absolutely. So on that note, uh, wacom dot com. Go check them out. Uh, Brad and I wholeheartedly endorse. Uh, and now back to Comic Con because Brad, we have a thousand things to talk about. So for those that don't know, San Diego Comic Con five day show in San Diego. It's kind of the big show. It's been going yeah. literally for fifty years. So I think that's nineteen sixty nine, if my math is right. Um, yes. And uh, this was the fiftieth year, and frankly, it has become the big spot for. Uh, media announcements and uh, fan appearances for uh, stars and actors, and also for cartoonists like you and I, Brad. And so um, I was exhibiting all five days there and had a great show. It was a legit great show. I'm exhausted, but it was super fun. Because you know me, I'm all about the bottom line. And the first thing I'm going to ask you was, did you cover your costs? Did you make this a worthwhile convention experience? So uh, this is, uh, okay, there's a whole panoply of reasons why I like to do Comic-Con. There's a bunch of networking. Mm-hmm. There's people that I get to meet. There's fans and friends and family from all over the world that I get to meet. They're only there. They don't go anywhere else. But I would not do it unless I make money. And so the good right. news for this year, because I just finished doing the numbers last night, and uh, San Diego is a very expensive show to exhibit at. 
And I was able to net somewhere between three and four times my costs at San Diego Comic-Con. So I am very happy with how the show went. Holy cats. Okay, so what was your cost? You had the cost of the booth. Cost of the booth. Uh, did, you have, did you have a hotel? Uh, I stay with family down there, so good, uh, good. that is a big ex- uh, savings because that the hotel cost down there can get real, real expensive. But uh, the booth is not cheap at San Diego Comic Con; those things are pricey. Right. And I have a corner booth, which that has extra cost, uh, but gives me another ten linear feet of booth space, so I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, the big costs are the booth, the food, uh, gas, which is uh, just down from LA. It's not that much. And then there's all, every year I try to up my game a little bit with a purchase of this or that for the booth, which was you know in this case just a couple hundred bucks. But uh, yeah. anyway, so all that added up, the sales for the show were great. Um, as always, I got super nervous on Thursday and Friday because sales slowed down. I'm like, oh, no, it's the end of the world. Oh, it's all ending. This is how I go down. Oh, no, that's, I had a good run. And then Beth had to remind me. She's like, no, this is exactly what happened last year. We're going to do great yeah. come Saturday, come Sunday. And sure enough, the sales picked up. Uh, I'm like a, a dog with a short-term memory. I'm like, no, Beth, it's all over. We, it's ruined. I'm, I'm, I'm destroyed. She's like, nope, calm down. It's going to be Sales are going to be fine. You got the memory of a goldfish just swimming around. In your yeah, bowl. it's like I'm literally living the movie Finding Dory uh, when I'm yeah, at Comic Con. Yeah. You know, like, oh no, it's all over. Uh, and then, anyway, so San- uh, Saturday and Sunday saved the day, and uh, it was a great show. It was Brad by yes. I just redid the numbers because I thought it was 400, but the final numbers I was uh, last year was my best show ever. Yeah, and I beat it this year by 280 dollars. So uh, wow, I, it was now my best San Diego Comic Con ever. That's amazing. Okay, so I, I because I'm curious about these things. What was your best seller? What was the thing that that flew off of the table? Well, Brad, as you can hear from the paper crinkling, I actually have my now printed out QuickBooks invoice uh, from the show because I do it via invoicing. Um, uh, Pugs Unleashed was my best seller. Uh, Seventy three copies of that puppy went. <laughs> puppy, nice. see what I did? Uh, that puppy, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, so that one did gangbusters and then followed up uh, very quickly by uh, some coasters that I do kind of exclusively only at the show and then pins, which are tremendous sellers. Pins are one of those things where it's a frictionless transaction. Like I'll be signing for someone and literally other people will just be handing me money going, I took these three pins, here's 30 bucks. Yeah. And you're like, oh, all right, that was so easy. I have, I was not wow. even involved in that sale, you know, that kind of thing. And they'll, I, 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 I continually try to get my head around these pins. $10 a pin and they're paying for it. They don't balk at paying $10 for a pin. Well, uh, I think what I'm sensing here is that Brad Geiger is a cheapo. So yes, you, yes. you're like, I would not pay $10 for a pin. <laughs> no! <laughs> Can I tell you? I kind of agree. I, I Life is expensive, and I'm super cheap about things. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, the cost of goods for those are uh, very affordable, and it's a great profit margin, and people are happy to pay yeah. it because the kind of accepted price point for pins at the show is $10. Um, yeah, in fact, I was amazing. walking around and like some quote unquote exclusive pins were like 20 bucks. And I was like, boy, that's a lot of money for a pin. Wow. Wow. I got to tell you. So I've been, uh, I did web comics confidential, which is a video series that I was doing exclusively for, uh, Right. And I decided after talking to Jake Parker, when I was, when we were all together at your house in Los Angeles, I decided he kind of talked me into ramping up what I'm doing on YouTube. So I, I kind of put some more time into my YouTube channel and I'm releasing some of the old, older webcomics.com, uh, webcomics confidential episodes on YouTube. So they're, they're still a couple of years old, but they still, I mean, they, they, everything that is on there is still stuff that I kind of stand behind, except the one that went live today. I'm listening to it as it's premiering on YouTube and I start going off on these pins <laughs> and I'm like, ah, the price point is too high and nobody's going to buy these <laughs> things. These pins are going to be a flash in the pan. That's going to be horrible. Don't get uh, suckered. And I had to put a little uh, editor's note in there and, and saying, uh, history has not been kind to me on the pin issue. You should probably not listen to uh, what I have to say <laughs> on that topic. 
<laughs> That's funny. So grandpa grandpa explains a Comic Con to everybody. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. any of this. No, no, I remember when this was all farms. <laughs> well, speaking of Jake Parker, I should give a continuing shout out to to he and to Sam Logan of Sam and Fuzzy. Yeah, uh, who have taught me the value of commissions at shows. Which you, if you remember, Brad, from when we used to table together at shows. Yeah. People would come up and be like, hey, Dave, do you do commissions? And I'd be like, nope, nope. It's just what I have. I have books and I have whatever prints and and T-shirts and that's it. I don't want to do commissions right. on a show. And right. uh, Sam and Jake taught me the error of my ways. And it ended up being uh, somewhere around $1,500 of commissions for San Diego Comic-Con. So wow. uh, a doff for the Holy cap to those cats. two for teaching me that I was wrong. I was actively wrong for about a decade there that I should have been yeah. doing commissions that whole time. So, How much do you charge for a commission? Uh, it, it varies. It varies everything from okay. uh, like five, 10 bucks for a quick one. If it's something specific to, there were people that would come up with very specific, uh, black and white or gray or color requests. And so those can get as high as like three fifty or so, you know, that kind of thing. Wow. Okay. That, that makes sense. So, so do you have a price sheet sitting up or is it uh, ongoing negotiation? I do. Beth made up a, a nice little, sh- like basically an ordering sheet saying like, is yeah. it one character black and white? Is it two characters black and white? Is it one character color, two characters color? Is it even more complicated than that? Is it a personalized thing of with it that involves photo reference from you or your dog or your whatever it is? Oh, wow. And so, yeah. This is a really great sheet. Yeah. I'm loving this. Yeah. And then they leave their uh, email and or, uh, text number so that when the when it's ready at the show it can be picked up um and then oh, any special perfect. instructions about like who they'd like it made out to that kind of stuff so it's becoming more of a streamlined operation it's it's kind of nice actually to have a little order sheet because you can also give the order sheet away to someone and they can stew on it because for some people it's like that's a serious investment you know yeah yeah and they can think about it and think about what they want to include in the commission and and think about variables exactly and some people make the decision right there then and there they're like yep i want this here's my money i'm paying you cash or whatever i'm paying your credit card i don't care and then they walk away right but then there's other people like you hand out eight of them of those order sheets and maybe two of them come back you know that kind of thing yeah but that's fine by me it's literally just an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper but uh Anyway, so that was a that uh, a doff of the cap to those two guys for teaching me about the value of uh, commissions because that uh, added to the bottom line, which is great. So another thing that probably made this year at uh, Comic Con International a little bit sweeter was the fact that your lovely wife was there. Hey, yes, uh, Gloria came down for the show, uh, which was delightful. Uh, she has not been down to Comic Con for many a moon. Uh, it's yeah. not really her bag, in fairness to her. Uh, it, the crowds, she's not a big fan of crowds, and uh, yeah. a, a pop culture like you and I enjoy is not really her cup of tea, uh, even though she's a mm-hmm. showrunner. Um, but there are shows that go down there that she um, enjoys. And so uh, I got to tell you, though, Brad, when I go... So me as a cartoonist, my Comic-Con experience is very different from my wife as a television <laughs> showrunner's experience of Comic-Con. It is night and day. So let me let me paint the picture to you of the average cartooning event that we go to post-show, right? It'd be oh, like, yeah. hey, Brad, you want to go to a cartooning party? We're having a meetup. And you're like, yeah, Dave, I'd love to go. Great, we're going to get a can of beans over a fire. We're going to, I got some old uh, ripple. We got some ripple we're going to sip on. We're going to sit here on a street corner and cook these beans and drink this ripple, right? Like that's, that's uh, in a nutshell what a cartoonist get together is at Comic-Con. But then right, I, my wife right. is like, oh, hey, uh, by the way, uh, are you busy tonight? And I go, uh, after the show? No, why? What's up? She's like, oh, we're going to go to the entertainment weekly party. And I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> let's go to that. So by that the way, sounds fun too. I mean, I was, I did have my eye on a can of pork and beans, but, uh, but we can do that too. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll, and you just see me slowly put down my can of pork and beans. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess I can go to the entertainment weekly party. <laughs> now does the, at, at the entertainment weekly party, do they have any, uh, trash cans with lit trash, uh, garbage in them burning? Do no, they have any it's of those? very different from our cartoonist parties. That's, this is why None. I wanted to go through. It's a, there's, there's wow. very few, uh, riding the rails. There's nothing of that. Yeah. Happening. Uh, Nobody with the fingers cut out of their gloves. There were there was a pool that had floating globes on it that said HBO and Watchmen on it. So that was fun. (laughs) Um uh, the the globes look like it costs more than my first car, but that's all right. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so we go to the party, and uh, it was delightful. We got to hang out with the cast and the showrunners of Brooklyn Nine Nine, who were all really fun. Uh, I got to meet Lin Manuel Miranda, who was very nice. Uh, Ooh, we got to wow. watch 
uh, Tessa Thompson dance with Taiki uh, Taika. I always do his name wrong. The guy that's directing Thor. Um, oh, really? Yeah, oh, they love, were delightful to watch. Guy. I didn't get to meet yeah. them, but they were delight. They were they were cutting a rug over at the over in a corner. Uh, anyway, is he a good dancer? He seems like he the way he directs movies. He seems like he'd be a good dancer. You know what? I my read of him from a distance, and again, I did not meet him, but just he just seems like he's a suave, delightful, comfortable in his own skin fella. Is what it yeah. seems like to me. Uh, Anyway, um, I met a lot of people from What We Do in the Shadows, which is one of my wife and I's favorite shows. Uh, that was fun. Yep, yep. Um, and anyway, so the, okay, so the the party was really fun. But here's uh, here's the difference about everybody at that party was like it was as though someone had teleported a party from L.A. down to Comic Con, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, the look was different. Everybody had really nice, expensive <laughs> shoes on. Uh, everybody's shirts were pressed and hair was done and everybody smelled good. Meanwhile, I'm coming from the show floor. So yeah. I look and smell like I've been uh, uh, curled up in Andre the Giant's <laughs> armpit all day long, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you've got con crud, you know, hanging from your skin at this point. Oh, yeah, there's just a thin layer of slime on my skin all across yeah. my body. <laughs> and I smell like a hot dog that's been sitting in the sun, right? And so, anyway, I also, Brad, I had a backpack because I was coming from Comic-Con, oh, so I had backpack. a backpack. So I'm at of this freaking fancy did. party, and I'm like, oh, this is Lin-Manuel. Hi, I'm a guy with a backpack. I'm a dork. <laughs> I'm just a big dork with a backpack at this party. Oh, yes, I would love a Mai Tai. I'm the one with the backpack. Sure, I'm holding a Mai Tai with a backpack. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you can't. You, it's, it, there's a lot of stuff you can come back from, but you can't hide a backpack. You it's can't. Right and, out and there. So it was a super crowded party, and they had yeah. these, like, handmade churros oh. that they were making fresh over in the corner, which, by the way, oh none God. of the actors were eating, but this old this yeah, old cartoonist was heading right over to the churros. <laughs> you bet your boots. So, that beats here, baked beans any day of the week. <laughs> exactly. So imagine me with this freaking big backpack trying to oh, cut through the no. cast of Flash, like, sorry, thin people, I got to get to the churros. Excuse me, back. Backpack coming through, backpack, backpack coming through, backpack. <laughs> the, the good thing about those kind of people is you can knock them over real easy. I mean, a, a, a cartoonist has a little bit more uh, heft, but <laughs> these people, you can kind of you can kind of brush them aside, right? And, and here's the shocker. Flash wasn't that fast getting out of the way. I was like, excuse me, I got to get to these churros. He was moving slow. I was like, eh, I feel like this is uh, false advertising. <laughs> That's just because you were in the speed force when you got those churros in your sight. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else looks slower. That's the way to knock me into the speed force is just say, "Hey, Dave, how about some dip sugar dough things?" Yeah. Now you did. It, now it, it that crowded, and you got a backpack. So every time you turn around, you're bopping somebody with your backpack, right? Oh, that's the thing. Is like I. Yeah, I was like, oh, 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 sorry, uh, you know, whatever the actor is, sorry, sorry for spilling your drink, but because of my stupid big backpack. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I just felt like a nine-year-old at a party because I had this big backpack <laughs> on, and I had comfortable <laughs> shoes on because I was at Comic Con all day, and everyone else is in like seven thousand oh. dollar Italian loafers or whatever. Uh, of course, of course. And and how long until you and Gloria were able to meet up at the end of the night at the, at a designated corner three blocks away from the party? <laughs> well, that's the thing is we got uh, with Gloria I'm like, OK, so we went to go see because uh, um, Melissa Fomero is a, a, a friend of Gloria. We went to go mm -hmm. see the Brooklyn Nine-Nine panel, but I am used to the panels being like I have to wait in a line. It takes forever to get in. But like the the Comic-Con experience with my wife is totally different because I was like, uh, she's like, I'll just show up a couple minutes before the panel. I was like, I don't know that we'll get in. She's like, don't worry about it, champ. I got this sorted. <laughs> and literally there's there's front row seats waiting for us. And I was like, this is oh not God. the Comic-Con that I'm used to. This is a very different Comic-Con. <laughs> So anyway, long story don't, short. Don't worry about it, Chief, she says with a little tussle of the hair. We got this all under control. We, we've got it yeah, down. Yeah, you know what, Scooter? Don't worry about it. Uh, Mama's got this handled. <laughs> I think I want to do every comic convention with your wife. I have, Now I'm definitely coming next <laughs> yeah, year. Just make sure she's there and not me, because if it's me, you get yeah. the can of beans. If it's her, you get to meet the, the cast of the next Marvel movie. That's uh, That's the trick. But uh, anyway, oh but San Diego, my. so um, the the thing that I wanted to talk about, too, about the show is, uh, um, as always, uh, I think I mentioned to, on this the last show, but there's a lot of conversations that can't be replicated in email and can't be done uh, uh, over the over the interwebs. And so yeah. for that, I was so thankful 
to Comic-Con for everyone, like Australian readers uh, and listeners, frankly, came up and Kiwi and German. We had Swedish. We had French. We had a lot of Australians. I don't know what it is with Mm -hmm. us in Australia, but Brad, we did great with Australians uh, coming up, thanking us for the podcast. Ah, We kill with the Australians. Uh, Anyway, but the one thing I wanted to mention, and this is more for other professionals, Brad, than uh, for readers. So I want to make that very clear. This is not for listeners. This is not for readers. This is for other professionals. I want to just review a small bit of decorum, which is that (laughs) um, when someone has paid for a booth and is actively trying to both make their money back and or, God forbid, make a profit at the show— it's yeah. not the time to hang out and talk. Oh, you mean you got barnacled? You got a booth barnacle. Well, yeah, but what killed me is I don't mind readers. I don't mind listeners. Uh, I don't yeah. mind fans barnacling even, but it's other pros that should know better. And oh, so I just wanted to yeah. review that, like, you can't keep coming back. You can't hang out. <laughs> even if it's a slow <laughs> moment, that cartoonist is actively trying to make it into a not slow moment, if you know what I mean. Right. Right. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right. If anybody should understand this, it's another pro. It's another another cartoonist should get this. Right. And so I think what happens is the other cartoonist or pro or pro adjacent or whatever it is goes, yeah, I didn't pay for anything and I'm bored. I'm going to go talk to the cartoonist that I know. And you're like, nah, yeah, but I'm oh, not bored no. and I've paid a lot of money for this booth. So please, let's <laughs> talk after the show. <laughs> let's have a beer yeah. after the show. Not right now. I'm signing. I'm, and so just just a bit of decorum because we've talked about booth barnacles before, but this one was just yeah. for other pros and journalists and, and adjacent uh, folks. Just be conscious of the fact that this is a working environment for the people that have paid for a booth, you know? Absolutely. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, we get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah, listen, you can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts. Just leave a five-star review and a few kind words. That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful. Now, everybody, let's talk comics. So, Brad, one other thing I got to tell you is uh, because family was down at Comic-Con this year, which they haven't been ever before, Mm -hmm. for the first time ever, uh, not ever, but the first time in like 10 or 15 years, like a long, long time, I walked the show floor at the height of the uh, population filling up at the show, if that that makes sense. Like midday. Like normally I quote unquote walk the show floor at like the hour before the show starts when no one is in Comic-Con and the air conditioning is cranked up really high and it's really pleasant to walk around and you just walk on your way to your booth, right? Like that's what I normally do. And you get a sense of like, oh, here's what the Marvel booth has today. Here's the Lego booth. Here's, uh, you know, you visit your friends on your way to your booth. And then you set up and you start the day. And you frankly, for me anyway, I don't leave the booth again until the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. For the rest of the day, you're there. You're uh, entrenched. And maybe that sounds funny to you, but my attitude is I am here to work this booth. So I'm going to work this booth for the entire nine to 10 hours or whatever. Right. So my, my attitude was always, I'm renting this space by the hour. And so if I'm not here every hour that I'm renting the space, I'm throwing money away. Absolutely. So I I know there are cartoonists that love to go around and do stuff. And it's like, that is not me. I'm here to make money. I'm I'm away from my family. So I'm making money. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I pre-buy coffees for the uh, for the booth. I I actually brought an espresso machine this year for the booth. You brought an espresso machine for the booth? Really? I brought an espresso machine to the booth. And I got to tell you, the people in the in the uh, booth next to me were like, well, look at you, fancy pants making espressos. (laughs) And I was like, I don't (laughs) F around when it comes to comedy. I'm gonna I'm gonna be rare to go. 
<laughs> That's great. Did you enjoy that, having an espresso machine? I actually, so Beth and I, over the last couple of years, have been refining the back of the booth we kind of have as a little green room, if you know that yeah. concept, uh, where uh, no one can see you back there. You can take a break if you need a quick five to 10 minute break to eat lunch, or you can make a coffee or get a glass of water or just put your feet up for a second. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really nice way to do it, right? So I have that in the background. But anyway, long story short, I I never leave the booth. Like I, I use the restroom and that's it. I don't leave the, I don't uh, leave the booth. Uh, this year, because family was here, I wanted to tour them around Comic-Con. Right. So I took like four or five hours away from the booth on Friday or Saturday um, and walked the f- show floor. And when I got back, Beth said that my face looked more shell-shocked than she has ever seen me look. <laughs> you had just dropped into the thousand-yard stairs. Yeah, that you know the, you know those guys, those those uh, video footage of the guys from World War One that had just shell shock, and they like yeah, have the, they have the stare off into eternity, and they they don't come back for like six months. They're like just staring comatose. Like I had that look on my face because I was like, this, this is what it is. This is what Comic-Con is. This is terrible. This is what it's become. What have we unwrought on the, uh, on the universe? What hath comics wrought? Um, so yeah. it, it, uh, we, I unfortunately walked the whole length of the show. Oh my God. And it takes you like an hour and a half to get from one end to the other because yeah, there's there's a thing in your way called 130,000 other humans. <laughs> yeah. And you can't it's get around never them. never easy. And you can't say excuse me. And they're all yeah. pausing to take a photo with Deadpool every two yep. feet. And uh, <laughs> everybody's got big backpacks like me at the Entertainment <laughs> Weekly Party. <laughs> it, actually, yeah. that's what it was. It was 130,000 other versions of me hitting the cast of Flash with my backpack trying to get to the churros. <laughs> it was it was your cosmic comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like you're going to do that to the Flash, huh? Well, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> see how you like it. Here's a here's a backpack full of uh, Marvel uh, mystery boxes <laughs> right to the face. Did you take your kids up and down the aisles? Is that what I you were doing? I did and that's miserable. Oh, it's all miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, so my littlest one, that's the one where I, I'm at the stage, Brad, and you probably, it's been probably a decade since you've had this, but mm-hmm. where a slip of the hand or you miss them for 10 seconds and you uh, you have a panic unlike anything else in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, where did he go? And and they're at that size where they can hide real easy without meaning to hide, you know? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, there was a lot of anxiety and sweating yeah. and uncomfortableness and small stepping through a crowd of 130,000 people. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a really big hearty. Didn't enjoy it for walking around <laughs> San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. When we do uh, uh, visit a comic convention, I'll just give them each uh, a, a small amount of money. Tell them that's your amount for the day. You buy whatever you want with it, whether it's food, snacks, souvenirs, comics, books, whatever. But that's your money. Now go and <laughs> and have fun. And if, if, if you want to meet up or if you want to do something together, that's great. But if you want to be your own person, that's great too. And it, 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 it's been much, much less stressful, especially at wizard shows because now they usually have at least one vendor that's selling beer. So <laughs> dad goes over, grabs himself a beer and unwinds for a little while. <laughs> so you're at the magic age because yeah. sending teenage sending teenage boys out into a crowd, that's like there's there's no way to feel better. Those guys will throw high elbows all day long. Like they're yeah. ready to go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're going to there there's not a backpack built that is going to slow them down. So I got to tell you a funny story speaking of throwing high elbows. So Ryan North came by, Ryan North of Dinosaur Comics, and as it's always delightful to see him. He's a delightful human being. But he goes, oh, I had a very different interaction with your kids this time, Dave. And I said, oh, how so? He goes, well, the last time you had warned me, they said, you said, oh, well, a bit, we're in a bit of a punching phase. Because uh, I think it was two at that time or something. Yeah. And I said, oh, really? Did I say that? You go, yep. And not and, and and Ryan goes and I thought you were just joking but nope right in the crotch he shot me right in the crotch as soon as I saw him so he's like so I have to say this is a markedly better interaction with your children this time around <laughs> so, yeah and poor poor Ryan you know he he, he is a, a tall guy so you know he can't escape it 
Yeah, I think it was it was right at a uh, swivel and pivot uh, level for for throwing a punch. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, good work on my part as a dad raising great ones. That's that's what I'm yeah. doing. Um, but uh, so walking the show floor, I I have increased sympathy for folks that do it for five days in a row. I mean, no wonder you're oh exhausted. No wonder your back hurts. No wonder yeah. you're sweating like a fiend because it's um it's it's tricky. It's a it's emotionally exhausting to go through that. Yeah. Now, was this, I know that they've been moving towards this. Did they have stuff outside of the convention center as well that was uh, comic convention related? Like, aside from the sci-fi taking over the the restaurant, which is kind of, you know, like hamming it up. uh, Did they have, like, actual convention stuff outside the convention center? Uh, Yes, they had way more stuff this year. And Hollywood has adapted a new phrase that I actively hate. In fact, I was telling my uh, (laughs) friends who they're movie directors and they're like, yeah, we've got to go to our activation. That's what it's called. Activation. They're no longer called like installations or, uh, you know, like an event or whatever it is. Like, you know, if uh, the walking dead has an event outside or a a place, the actual thing now, Hollywood is calling them activations. And I hate it. I feel like that's such a kludge of a word from English. It's activation. It really is. It really and and it just it, it makes me wonder what's being activated. Like it, it you it, it sounds almost like something passive is happening that I don't have control in, uh, and and then when I leave, it's going to be activated. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. To, yeah, I I for a lot of reasons I don't like it. To me, it sounds like a credit card that's not currently working. You have to call in <laughs> and, and get that thing. Activate your credit card. Yeah, you got to turn it on. Uh, so every Hollywood person that I met down there or saw down there, like, yeah, I got to go to my activation now. And it was like, it just seems like a, sh- a crap word. I don't like it. it activation. Al- it also sounds a- something that a Scientologist might do. I, I, I you got to excuse me. I got to leave. I've got to go to my activation. I'm, I'm, I'm going for theta level 12. <laughs> yeah, I got to level up on my activation. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it was, it was not a word that I was a fan of, um, but that, yeah. to, anyway, to answer your earlier question, that has spread further and further out into San Diego. And in fact, they have pedestrianized. Remember last year, that was the big thing is that yeah. they pedestrianized not only the road in front of Comic-Con, which was a great, great move. They yes. pedestrianized probably three or four blocks up into Gaslamp. Oh, and really? It makes the show, Brad, it, I cannot tell you what a night and day difference it makes for the show. It's so much more comfortable. It's way safer, which is probably why they actually did it. The police have, yeah. are, they, they don't have to yell at people constantly to get back on the curbs. Um, right. And so it's it's so pleasant. Uh, and anyway, now it's also filled with activations, which is a word that I hate. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that goes on. But here's the thing, though, from my perspective, San Diego, from the perspective of my booth, I mean, San Diego felt a little quieter this year. Really? In the way that it hasn't for the last five or so. You know, Brad, I've been going to Comic-Con now for 20 or 21 years, something like that. Yeah, easily. And so I remember it, as do you, from just before the companies, the Hollywood companies started to throw millions at Comic-Con, when it was still like, oh, yeah, Warner Brothers has a booth, but it's just another 20 by 20 booth and it, nothing special is at it, right? Yeah. Now they have these 200 by 200 square foot booths that are uh, 70 feet in the air and have the Batman symbol on some kind of plasticine uh, build out, right? Like it's just gigantic, yeah. right? But anyway, what I was getting at this year is that because Disney, you can tell, is making an active choice because they have the Star Wars, uh, whatever that thing is called, Star Wars Force or whatever, Star Wars event, whatever that thing is that yep. they do every year. Yep. And then they have D23 for all the Disney movies. Um, I feel, I actively feel Disney pulling away a little bit from Comic-Con. Not completely. They obviously still made announcements there. But there were no trailers that were huge there. There were no gigantic Marvel Avengers panels that were there, right? Mm-hmm. And that does have a difference on the feel of the show. Not huge, but I would say it felt like a, a 2 to 7% uh, slower show in terms of media events. That's interesting. And I feel like that can only benefit us as cartoonists. Yeah. Well, th- th- that's the one thing I said uh, to my wife over the weekend. It's like, I was expecting Disney to pull all of their Marvel stuff, like the, the Marvel movie announcements. I, they were making those all week. And I said, I thought that they would uh, they would save that for D23. And as you pointed out, as we were talking in the run-up to the show, uh, 
you, they were announcements, but they weren't necessarily trailers. Right. In other words, they made a, a, a fraction of the type of splash that they would have otherwise made in Hall H. People have been lined up to see the first scenes of the Loki miniseries, for example. Uh, and, and that didn't happen. They just announced that there was going to be and showed you that God awful logo that they came up with. <laughs> <laughs> Zing, Brad Holy Geiger. moly. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, you know, it, 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 just as a side that, it, that was such a swing because you had the Thor, uh, uh, love and thunder logo, which I thought was an absolute masterpiece uh, for, for the look they were going with, you know, that flash Gordon kind of airbrushed on the side of a van look just amazing and then loki literally looked like a 10 year old put it together you know i I, you know who i honest to god think they hired to do the loki logo who ah the french (laughs) uh sir uh orson welles we can have you sit down for a second we just need you to design uh you looks like you've had a lot of wine sir but if you could just design the Loki logo. Uh, I haven't used that button in a while. That's a fun button for the podcast. Oh my god, that's wonderful. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think whoever came up with that was uh, was was dipping into the uh, uh, what was the brand of that wine? Uh, I, I don't want to mislead. Uh, Paul Mas- Paul Masson was Paul that Masson. it? They were they were dipping into the. They Paul were Masson. dipping into the Paul Masson. I think the 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 marketing meaning for that Loki was like, hey guys, what if just for fun, what if we designed a bad logo? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it act, what it looked like to me is that they designed three or four rather really good logos that they liked couldn't decide which one so they took a letter from each yeah i mean maybe you're not wrong maybe it's going to be a, a transitioning logo as he travels through different points in time i don't know but uh it didn't it was not the greatest but anyway i uh so the, the point though that i wanted to make is that for in, in a way that I can only describe as what seemed better, it felt yeah. like a, a, a slightly quieter, I don't want to overemphasize that it's not a lot, but a slightly quieter Comic-Con that I feel like is harkens back to what we would experience 15 years ago, maybe, wow. and, and in a way that only benefits cartoonists. Now, not a lot. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I, I mean, dream with me here for a minute. Wouldn't that be nice if, if Disney and, and some of the other big media giants uh, continued that trend and uh, the same way we're seeing it happening with streaming services, right? Everybody pulling out of uh, Netflix and doing their own streaming, uh, returning San Diego to the way it was 10 or 15 years ago would not be a horrible thing uh, from, from our standpoint, right? I would love it. Even if the, even if the crowds were a little bit lower a, as a result, uh, I, there, there's still going to be plenty of people there. Uh, even if the crowds dropped a little bit, uh, it would still be an amazing show. Well, and you would get a different kind of fan because if yes. someone loves Star Wars, they're going to go to Star Wars Celebration. They're not going to go to Mar- uh, to Comic-Con, and that's okay maybe, yeah. you know? And yeah. if someone is really big on the Disney slate, they'll go to D23. They won't go to Comic-Con, and that also is okay, you know? And then the people who do come to San Diego are those hardcore comics people. Right, right. And maybe yeah. we'd be able to, I mean, I just, listen, we're dreaming at this point because it, it's not necessarily yeah. going to happen. But no, I would I love the so idea either. if DC had their own custom event, Disney had their own custom event, Star Wars had their own custom event, uh, the video game companies had their own, obviously would have their own. So uh, to me, that would be uh, kind of a, re- a returning to the idealized form of Comic-Con, which was for me, was about 15, 18 years ago. Uh, uh, but yeah. I get it that that's all kind of wishing on a star and it's probably not going to happen. And uh, there's still a lot of marketing muscle that Hollywood is throwing at um, Comic-Con. Because especially if you're a, a mid-sized show or a mid-sized network, you're going to go to Comic-Con. You know, you're not going to get yeah. you're not going to get the sci-fi network having their own con. Like, who's going to go to that? Like, <laughs> no, that's a really good question. I know. I, I, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have a certain strata of entertainment. That's uh that's definitely going to dig in there. Right. Right. And so that's never going away. And I, so I'm not, I'm not uh, looking at gift horse or not. I'm not dreaming on a dream there that that's going to happen. It's not, but it did seem a tiny bit quieter on a meteor front. Um, wow. So anyway, I'll take it. If that's going to happen, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely we can definitely use a little bit of that. 
Right. Exactly. So any any wrap up from San Diego any any people you met that you'd like that you had a, a particularly good inter- interchange with uh, any any good food that you had other than those uh, homemade churros for anyone going to Comic-Con next year, just put it on your agenda. There is yeah. an amazingly good Cuban restaurant right up the main road of Gaslamp. It's about three blocks from Comic-Con and it has my Cuban in-laws seal of approval as being legit, amazing Cuban food. Really? So if you ever want to try it, uh, I went there with uh, Dylan McConnell and Beth and we had a delightful meal, really good Cuban food. Uh, I would highly recommend that. As far as people I met, I mean, not to sound wishy-washy or Pollyanna-ish, but Brad, I legitimately get such a buzz coming out of this show from the conversations yeah. and the kind words. Like, I'm on a high right now from this show, and it's going to last for weeks. It's great. I love it. Uh, I love the conversations. It was really nice meeting all of the, po- uh, the podcast listeners, especially. Drive uh, continues to amaze me by the kindness people have for that strip. And then uh, Sheldon readers were also a delight. And so um, yeah. I came out of the show just happy really happy and the fact that uh that uh i got to hang out with my wife this year and the fact that the show made a nice profit um i will absolutely be back next year and in fact i actually kind of need you to talk me off the ledge because there's the tiniest (laughs) possibility that i could switch from a 10 by 10 corner booth which gives me 20 linear feet there's the tiniest possibility brad that i could switch to a 20 by 10 end cap which would give Ooh. me 40 linear feet. Oh. Now, okay. let me ask you, because these opportunities... Let's think about this. These opportunities only come up, as you know, with Comic-Con, like every decade or so. So do yeah. I move up to a 40-foot-long booth, Brad? Okay, so here, here's, uh, here's how we're going to work this out. Um, mentally add the cost of that second booth to your costs. What'd you tell me at the top of the show you, that you made, what, four times cost? Yes, a little bit between three and four times cost. Yeah. Okay. So now, add, with that new cost figure uh, that you got to by adding that second booth, how much times cost would you have made, assuming sales flatlined? Right. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. I would. I would yeah. be making. I would have a two times cost profit margin. Now, if I were to tell you that you could go to any convention and make a two times cost profit margin, would you say yes or no to that convention? I I might say no to it if it's five two days. times cost, really? Uh, well, I might. I, I'm. I, uh, here's the thing, though. The way Dave Malky and I were talking about it was, you just need to make the difference of the additional cost to make it valuable for your mind. You right. know. Well, that's. So, I guess that's kind of where I'm going because the the, the next step is those. At those additional 20 linear feet are going to work for you, uh, especially since I would imagine you'd have Beth out there handling uh, some sales and stuff and maybe even uh, one extra person like an intern or something like that. Because well, you're going to so need here, more than two people work in that booth. Here's what I was thinking. Space. Yeah, Go here's ahead. what I was thinking, too. And you can tell me whether this is even enticing to you, because I don't know if it is. If I were to go to that 20 foot long booth that would it's two corner booths, so it's 40 linear feet. Yeah. Here's what I was thinking I would do. Like 35 feet of it, 32 feet of it would be Dave Kellett. But then every day on a rotating different basis, I would invite a friend in uh, to be the guest artist of that day doing a signing at one of the corners. And they could, I, uh, maybe maybe I would do it for free or maybe I would charge just a few hundred bucks so they could have a one-day signing at Comic-Con. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad, if, especially if those people were all good, a, a good fit for the rest of what you've got on the table. You know, if they if thematically, if they were a good fit, I would find artists whose publishers are already sending them to San Diego. Like they, they already have a hotel room. They already have a flight, but they're not doing any signings. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I can think of a few offhand from this past weekend that had that. And so I'd be like, hey, if you want to sign at my booth, uh, just bring a, a sign. We'll have a. And so I would actually print up signage that would be replaceable, if you know what I mean. Like uh, there'd be a chunk of the sign that could be stuck up with Velcro. Um, mm-hmm. like today's signing is blankety blank kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not against that at all. It's not a bad idea. Cause it would also bring their fandom up to my booth, you know? Right. Right. It's, it's going to have a knock on effect in terms of bringing people there. You can put them right on the end of that end cap, right? The, the short right. end, uh, uh, opposite from where you usually sit. Uh, they're not going to take up that much room. 
and they're they're going to draw people to the not only draw people to your area, but it makes you kind of look like a player because here's Dave Kellett not only doing the Dave Kellett thing, but also hosting other cartoonists. It kind of elevates your stature a little bit. And if I did it, if I played my card right, I would actually invite cartoonists that did Tales of the Drive strips, maybe, or stories, that you know? That would be your best case. Yeah, like, I, immediately, I'm thinking of people like Dylan McConnell and and people like that. I, maybe Jake comes over for a little bit, or, you know, Maybe whomever. you, or Ryan North, or, or Guruhiro, yeah. if they're in town from Japan, or, you know, somebody like that. I, yeah. So... Uh, I don't know, but it's also like, you know, me as a business person and I am nothing if not cautious with my, like, you know, the thing we always say is make manageable size mistakes, right? Yeah. So this is not necessarily a manageable size mistake. Like this is, uh, this could be potentially me just blowing an additional few thousand dollars Mm. on more booth space out of what might be uh, described as an egotistical move, you know, like thinking I can make more money if I have more booth space. So here's me playing devil's ad- advocate. Here's right. the, the next question you've got to ask, and that is this. How many sales do you think you missed by not having more stuff on the table or more space to exhibit stuff? Yeah, that's, a, uh, that's really hard and maybe impossible to quantify. But I think I get what you're getting at, which is maybe none. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of my thought, too, because at some point, what you're doing is spreading those books thinner and thinner, and a lot of those books, uh, you know, if they're not big sellers, uh, they don't need more room. Like like your Sheldon collections, that I'm going to imagine, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to imagine your Sheldon books, the people that come up for those are Sheldon readers. They don't right. necessarily need to be enticed by the cover. They know they're going to come up and pick the pick up the next Sheldon collection that they're missing. Right. They in fact they already know which one they want kind of a thing. Exactly. Whereas the pugs, those uh, the pug books and the drive books, those need to be displayed outwardly because those are going to flag people down. Same thing with those pins of yours, right? Mm-hmm. Those are going to flag people down. Right. Now, do you have enough of that category of merchandise, the I got to flag somebody down merchandise to justify twice as much space? Yeah. And the answer, Brad, if I'm being honest about it, is probably or at least maybe not, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's why I have a lot of hesitation here, because these kind of opportunities only come up, as I said, like every eight to 10 years at Comic-Con, because mm-hmm. one, it's kind of like the uh, we talked about it before. It's like a hot potato or not hot potato. What's that game where you sit down when the music stops? Uh, musical chairs. It's We've been like, through it, this. You keep forgetting. I musical keep forgetting. Oh, my God. Brad, I've been five <laughs> days of solidly talking. Just give me a yeah, give me a, a hot second, point. my friend. Um, it's kind of like a game of musical chairs where everybody sat down in 1974 and nobody gets up until they die. (laughs) Okay. But hold on. That's the way it's been for the last 20 years, but, and and I know it's not going to be a drastic change over the next year or two, but I am sensing that we are going to see the San Diego economy in a recession. In other words, we're going to see that start to draw back a little bit as D- as as Disney and so forth continues to pull out. And it's going to be gradual, but that's the direction it's going. In other words, I don't know that you're going to be able to project the same San Diego rules that, of thumb that you've had as an exhibitor into the next 10 years. Uh, that's a really good point. I mean, because basically, once I make this move, once I pull this trigger... Yeah, it's kind of hard to downsize again. I mean, maybe not impossible. If I went to Justin at Comic-Con and said like, hey, I need to get rid of 10 feet. Can I just keep this side and you guys give away this side? I'm sure they'd be like, oh, yeah, we were happy to do it. But yeah, uh, what I'm getting at with this move is that uh, you there are certain things career wise that you only get a chance in rare occasions to sort of level up. And I feel like if Comic-Con is a profitable show for me and it is. If I want to grow into my the next decade of my career, it's sure I, I I would hate to be beating my head against the wall 10 years from now going, I wish I had taken that 20 feet. But frankly, there are pros that are well, 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 my superiors who are doing just fine with their 10 foot, 20 foot booth. So maybe I should just yeah. relax. OK, next thought. Yeah. How many originals do you take? Uh, I take 
Uh, I don't know. I think Beth probably put together 50 originals, maybe 100. Because if you had a really good way of displaying originals that took up a little bit more room. And made it look special, yeah. Like like a reading room type of deal or, you know, that you could play with that space a little bit to give people a chance to come in and page through originals. You'd have to build something for it. Uh, but if you had a, a, a improved display for originals that allowed people to browse at their leisure because that's a high ticket item then I could see that making it worth your while. Yeah. You know what? You know how some booths have it where the tables divot in so you can step into an experience or that kind exactly of thing? Exactly what I'm thinking. So the if you had 40, 40 linear feet of table and then you divot in like eight feet so they can step in to see how the original art will look framed up. They can they yep. can flip through a book that has it really cleverly displayed and, and a lot of wood, a lot of leathers, that kind of thing. So it feels quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be because those things are a great profit margin anytime or even one original sells is the equivalent of uh, five, three to five books selling, you know? Yeah. And then you go around and look at, at different conventions at how some of the people that are selling uh, animation art sells and things like that, they put up walls and they hang the framed uh, images on the walls. Uh, they've got a whole approach to that uh, that you could steal uh, and use for yourself. Uh, and, and, and if that turned into original art sales and your originals, you know, they, they're, they're very, very, they've got that refrigerator quality, right? You can right. hang them on the fridge cause people are going to get it right. Uh, they're easy to entry. Uh, that's, and displaying it on walls and stuff like that, uh, framed, uh, and, and, and kind of giving the aura that this is a investment in a piece of art that you will, uh, proudly hang on the wall using that extra space that could come back in a, in a big bump of money. Uh, because like you just said, those original art sales are going to be big ticket items. Right. So I think what I would do if I did go to a 40 linear foot booth, uh, which is 20 wide, 10 deep. If I did do that, what I would do is I would make on the ends a very, uh, as you said, call people over end caps of like all the pug stuff in one big display, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the stuff yeah. that pulls people over that are not necessarily Sheldon and, or Drive readers. And then all of the center would be Sheldon and Drive stuff with me signing. Mm-hmm. There would be a much better original art display, um, a, a much bigger and, and fancier looking pin display, because I think by that show next year, I would have like 15 pins. Um, and yeah. then there'd be a nice section featuring an artist for the day and i think frankly brad if you let's say you did one day of comic-con and you told all your readership i'm only there on friday you only have 10 hours to get a signature from brad geiger that day would be profitable for you i think if you thought about it in that regard you know and you're very nice but remember I, <laughs> a lot of my content is not going to mesh very well with your content <laughs> <laughs> that's you, true you you don't as much as you're very sweet you're not thinking about this it, it would i don't know that i would be a good fit and that's okay but i'm going to even go further than that it, once you do everything you said up until your penultimate step the the pugs area, the original art area, you've just ran out of room that you were going to uh, use for that artist signing thing. Oh, if yeah, you're going to you do right. it right, you just ran out of room. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. I say this to you as a friend, A, because it's an interesting topic, but B, it's fun to talk through because uh, these are the kind of career moves that I hash out with you offline. And so it's fun for people to hear it. But yeah. uh, knowing me, I probably, I am not a risk taker in big chunks. And this feels like a big chunk risk to me, you know? Yeah. So I it don't, ri- I, I agree. I don't know that this is wisdom to, to double the size of my booth. Uh, so having talked this through, I think most people will find next year at Comic-Con I'm at the exact same table, but that's okay. It's good to consider <laughs> because these things only come up every five to 10 years in terms of an open booth space. It's good to consider it and then make a realistic, logical choice based on hard facts and numbers. Like, nah, this is not worth it, despite what you are feeling is a good move, you know? And, I, and I'm going to put a side bet that two years down the road, you get that opportunity again. Uh, you might be right. If you don't take it, you're going to have another swing at it within two years. You might be right, my friend. You might yeah. be right. 
Well, listen, uh, uh, since it's time to wrap up the show, I want to say a couple things. Um, I want to tell people that next week we are going to be talking about Mad Magazine uh, wrapping up or being folded, rather. And also, we've got to come around on another another topic that we did. We're going to come back to the page numbering topic because something very interesting happened. So we'll... Will whet your appetite on that. We're coming back to that one as well. Right. Uh, San Diego kind of dominated the talk today, but uh, next week we've got actually a lot to catch up on. So uh, yeah. it's 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 actually the next couple of weeks we've got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Uh, so uh, anyway, I, I, it's, it's okay that San Diego dominated because this is that only happens once a year, but uh, we do have yeah. a lot to catch up on come next week. And on that note, I'll tell you that you've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. Your hosts have been my friend Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the cartoonist of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com. And Dave Kellett, the co-director of Stripped and the cartoonist of Sheldon at sheldoncomics.com and Drive at drivecomic.com. And this week's and for the next 10 weeks, uh, Comic Lab is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of the good folks over at Wacom, W-A-C-O-M.com. And the Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. And this episode and all episodes was edited by Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at www.woodsong.media. Comic Lab is made possible by your support on patreon.com slash comic lab. So we're going to go ahead and say that twice. Patreon.com slash comic lab. I'm going to hit record, and now we're going to go from uh, counting the quick five. Five, four, three, two. How'd that sound? Well, that's better. It had less delay. Okay. There was some weird lag on the first recording attempt. It was weird. Yeah, it, that something like that. It's better just to play it cautious and jump on top of it while you're thinking of it, you know? Yeah, then- just because it had a weird lag on your laugh, I would, like, make the joke. <laughs> like there was a weird there's a yeah. weird like layover well a lot of times i've got to i i gotta ask myself was that a joke oh <laughs> what a jerk i'm teasing i'm teasing i'm teasing